Welcome. This is the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. Here we will share insights, best practices and know-how from experts across different fields on topics relevant for the design and implementation of European Capitals of Culture. In the framework of the project, Interarts has organized the third Academy Camp on European and International Cooperation, directed to the delivery team of Vesprim Polaton 2023 and other actors in the cultural and social life of Hungary and in the ECO community. In this episode number 14, we welcome Silva Koryu, Head of International Coordination and Partnerships at the Canada Council for Arts. My name is Sylvain Cornio. I'm the Head International Coordination and Partnerships at the Canada Council for the Arts, the main arts founder in Canada. There's a statement I would like to make now. So the Canada Council for the Arts acknowledges that our offices located in Ottawa are on the unceded and surrender territory of the Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation, whose presence here reaches back to time immemorial. The Council recognized the Algonquins as the customary keepers and defenders of the Ottawa River watershed and its tributaries. We honor their long history of welcoming many nations to this beautiful territory and uphold and uplift the voice and values of our host nation. And further, the Council respects and affirms the inherent and treaty rights of all Indigenous peoples across this land. The Council has and will continue to honor the commitments to self-determination and sovereignty we have made to Indigenous nations and people. And finally, we fervently believe the arts contribute to the healing and decolonizing journey we all share together. In the spirit of truth-telling, reconciliation and decolonization, the Canada Council for the Arts recognizes and seeks to address the history of oppression exclusion and anti-indigenous racism in colonial institutions. With this statement, it's what we want to share with everyone. And also we want to also recognize the role the council or any colonial institution like a council plays in this inequity. And we want to demonstrate also our commitment to act respectfully, responsibly and collaboratively as we move forward together toward a more equitable and decolonized future for the arts. My role at Canada Councils in uh, the Public Affairs and Arts Engagement Division, so it's a strategic role in terms of international relations and partnerships. So with my team, we built initiative partnerships with other institutions in Canada and around the world for example, other arts council. And also we do some projects, initiatives related to the council strategy and commitment and key priorities. And we have uh, also an arts division, like the, the core of our work at Canada Council is like to give grants. And there is a, a program for international relations in, in this division. But my role is more strategic in terms of building networks for the council, being involved in international conversation 
and building partnerships with some other like ministries, arts council and other organizations around the world. The presentation I made for the European Capital of Culture was about Canada, the specificity of the cultural landscape in Canada, and also the role of the Canada Council for the Arts. And then we talked about international uh, cooperation, possible collaboration with the European Capital of Culture. And in general, also, we talk about some key priorities that we shared in terms of inclusivity, like diversity and climate change. I think partnerships are very important and for us are one of the three main pillars of our new strategic plan. And we think that with what we have experienced with the pandemic and in order to rebuild better art sectors, it's very important to find some allies around the world and work together and build initiative and partnerships that are aligned with our priorities. We are always stronger when we work together. And I think what's very interesting in working with the European capital of culture is like we can share good practices and ideas specifically related, for example, to how the arts and culture can uh, tackle climate change, about like diversity, uh, inequities, also other priorities that we have in common. And our realities are quite different. So it's interesting to share that and try to build partnerships and new initiatives together. We also share willingness to work on finding new models to be more innovative. And I think it's very important for us to support innovation from capacity building to conceptualization, exploration and implementation and taking into account the needs and capacities of the art sectors. And I think it's a bit the same in, in, in Europe. And that's why it's, it's quite interesting to, yeah, to share best practice and to see how we can work together. Partnerships in general can be quite complex and I think it's very important to be uh, open-minded, to listen, to try to understand well like who's the, the partners and where partners are talking from and then find it the right place to discuss, share and, and start to build initiative on a, a common ground and common understanding. It takes time. Sometimes like we don't maybe give us enough time to develop very meaningful partnerships. And I think it's important, like, so being able to listen, to take time, but not to be afraid of big discussions or big topics or uh, controversial sometimes topics. But for that, you need to build the relationship and you need to build also a, a space where everyone feels safe to bring new ideas and to work together. Yeah, art now more than ever. So that's the title of our strategic plan for 2021-2026. Our strategic plan was launched in the middle of the pandemic. And it puts into words uh, our analysis of the current situation, our vision for the future of the sector, and the role we intend to play to contribute to 
that future. And we think that now more than ever, we must support the recovery and the build back better. So our plan draws on the strengths of innovation, social impact, and the, the leadership of artists, cultural workers, groups, and arts organizations. And really the first objective is to rebuild the sector and strengthen the conditions for artistic practice and the remuneration of those that work in the sector. So that's a plan for the next five years. And it's also moving from all the emergency measures that we did like during the two first years of the pandemic to a more like structural impact on the arts sectors. And as you know, like pandemic also has highlighted the shortfalls and inequities of our systems, including like injustice to indigenous, black, Asian, and other racialized communities. So we think that arts now more than ever, because we must mobilize and take a critical look at our models to return imagination, creativity, collaboration, openness, and true social responsibility to the heart of our collective development. And we have like three main pillars in this strategic plan that you can see on our website. It's like rebuilding, innovation, amplify the benefits of the arts for the society. And the third pillar is expand collaboration and partnerships. We are a public arts founder. So we have public money and we, we need to make sure that everyone as uh, equitable access to our programs and also uh, within a colonial structures like an arts council we must take the position that we are all agents of either stasis or change and if we want to be an agent of change we need to embark in a journey where we question like how we do things and i think uh, statistics data uh, are quite important just to really for, for an organization like ours to better understand like who do we fund where the money goes and what are the gaps and what are the lack and it also requires to invite diverse people to share authority and work collaboratively internally and externally in a spirit of respect, reciprocity, and trust. So it's a broad subject because it, it can start with like hiring people with different backgrounds to bring in the organization new perspective. But also it's about thinking about like where our money goes and, and how do we fund, but also questioning our program. Because as a colonial institution, our program have been built really with this notion of artistic excellency that is really aligned with European or Occidental worldview. And it has created a lot of issues in the past and still. So I think for us, it's very important to question peer assessment process. How can they be culturally informed, appropriate and supportive of different communities or different groups, like such indigenous people. So this big journey of decolonization and on like that we did embarked on a few years ago. And I think the main objective at the end is like, how as a, the main arts founder in Canada, can we remain relevant and give access to our program and to all artists of different backgrounds and different uh, origins? I think the arts are vital for our society. I think the 
let's start by talking about uh, well-being and about uh, mental health. Uh, you know that like been quite complicated with the pandemic and the isolation. And I think the arts are very important to break the silos, to break the isolation, to create space for discussion, for people to meet in person or sometimes through digital means. I think like the artists are like creative. The art sectors can innovate and bring more different perspectives that helps all like citizens to better like understand or live in the world they are living in. So I think the arts are an essential part of our society, should be better support, but also the arts has to remain relevant. And that's why we also think that we have to make sure that there is less inequities and that everyone has access to the benefits of the arts. I think the worst scenario, it's when the arts uh, or the artistic uh, community is a little bit in a tower or, <laughs> or not like really in line anymore with the, the society. The art sectors has like a potential for contributing to social cohesion, community vitality, and the quality of life of people, but people of all backgrounds. And I think to really realize this potential, we need to have a art sector that is representative of the society, uh, that uh, without discrimination, and also an art sector that is like tackling social issues, climate change, and also an art sectors where the, the role of the youth are in the arts, the new voices are like important and supported. Pandemic has in fact like shed a harsh light on the many inequities in our society, in many social systems and sectors of activity. And as a result, like wider societies working to improve things like healthcare, supply chains, education to benefit all people, but and many of the arts sectors shortcomings, inconsistencies and injustice have also come into sharper focus since the spring 2020. And we now have an increased awareness of systemic barriers that lead to a persistent lack of equity, diversity, and inclusion in the arts, and particularly in the workforce and programming of too many publicly funded organizations. And during years, this has limited the participation and advancement of artists from underserved and marginalized groups. And this includes artists from indigenous, black, racialized, deaf, disability, and gender diverse communities. And this lack of equity and inclusion has also hindered the engagement of new audiences and limited the flourishing of organization in our uh, increasingly diverse society. So by becoming more equitable, diverse and inclusive, the arts sector will uh, generate rich artistic and literary creativity, which it will be better positioned to share with a broader audiences and i think that's like uh, the our goal and we also think that it's also in our strategic plan that the arts must challenge the choice of competition over collaboration fragmentation over resource sharing and growth at all costs over sustainable development 
And for that, we think that we need to accompany the sector to innovate. I would say that in Europe, they are like different situations. We have had very interesting discussion with, for example, the Norwegian Arts Council and the Sami Council and how they support like Sami arts in Norway. But yeah, definitely, I hope that the European capital of culture and anyone in Europe can look at Canada and just try to understand what we are like trying to do, like the, the journey we have embarked in and that everyone can reassess its own process, not taking anything for granted, but really trying to do an in-depth analysis of the, for example, the peer assessment process about like their founding model and how it can be like more culturally informed. And also we should avoid to take for granted like some notion that we are like very often using like excellency, like universalism, like without giving a clear definition of uh, this definition that are like very often grounded in Western definition of quality merit and viability. So I think we can learn a lot from each other. That's why also we are involved in different network, in different organizations. So for example, the, our CEO is the chair of the International Federation of Arts Council and Cultural Agencies. A lot of European Arts Council of Ministry are part of this organization. And it's a, a place for discussion, for debates about like all the subjects we talked about today. So I think it's very important to have this platform to exchange and to try to influence positively <laughs> others. I think in the past years, what I have learned is that like even big institutions can change, that it takes a lot of uh, willingness, but I think uh, any institution can make bold choices. And sometimes it's long, it's always like changes take time. It's always sometimes like you have to be patient, it's always too long. But I think that what I've learned is like, if we decide to embark on a journey of change, innovation in any organization, it's possible to make great progress in few years. Also, I would like to say that the past two years have been very challenging and the mental burden on artists and artistic organization in administrative teams is becoming increasingly unbearable. So even if the art sector is resilient, we need to, to take care of our art sectors. And I think everyone take care of, of the art sector, of the artists and, and arts organization in general, because I know that some people are slowly questioning the real meaning and value of their profession in this time of uncertainty. But I do hope that we won't lose all the, the great people who make the arts sector so great, so interesting, so vibrant. And we need to act in terms of solidarity. And I think a social solidarity and collective accountability are urgently needed to mitigate the irreparable damage. So the council is playing a role, I'm playing a role, but I think everyone, citizens, should play a role to make sure that we keep in health and vibrant art sectors 
And I think it's possible. And I have seen a lot of, of solidarity and a lot of small example of organization working together on government putting in place some mechanism to support the art sectors, audience member continuing to support the artist. So at a lot of level, I've seen a, a lot of, of solidarity and people like really helping each other. So I'm confident that uh, we will succeed. <laughs> I think very specific in the context of Canada, I think it's time for Canada as a society to create social net for uh, artists but the situation is really unbearable there are some other model in france for example with intermittence but we don't have such model in canada so i think it would be very interesting to very important to find a very effective social net that works for canada for artists and i think the journey in terms of reconciliation and decolonization that the Canada Council has taken in the past few years, it's only at the beginning of a process. And I hope this process will serve as a model for other organizations around the world. I truly believe that it's an important process. And in Canada, definitely, we want to continue to work for and with Indigenous people in terms of self-determination and sovereignty. And hopefully, we can serve as a model, even if it's only the beginning of the journey. I think it's a very, very important journey. In terms of collaboration, I think I would like to see more cross-sectorial collaboration. I think we should, or we can, learn more from other sectors. I also think the art sector is not really outside of the world. And unfortunately, it seems that for years, we are more focused on competition than on working together and sharing the resources we have. So I, I do hope that we'll be able to work more together, to share more, and to find innovative solutions to the inequities or challenges of our time. I think in terms of cross-sectoral collaboration, what's interesting is like the this idea of transfer and sharing of knowledge within the art sectors, but also more broadly between the different sectors of the Canadian society, but also like the European societies. And what I would like to see also, it's an art sector that is better like position in the post-pandemic constriction of the economy, the communities, and the society. So it's more our sector that is more like uh, relevant and connected to the major challenge of our time, including, for example, climate change. And in terms of collaboration and partnership, obviously, from a Canadian perspective, I would like to see more a Canadian artist organization being part of international dialogue and exchanges. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast of the Capacity Building for European Capitals of Culture project, initiated by the European Commission. We hope you enjoyed this episode and join us again next time for more.